Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to episode 118 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to talk about whether the Philadelphia 76ers are viable candidates to sign LeBron James, where Isaiah Thomas might end up as a free agent this summer, and whether the Portland Trailblazers can lock up the number three seed in the West. Before we get to all of that, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian, because this is going to be the briefest episode ever in the history (laughs) of the NBA podcast because I have all your answers right here regarding LeBron. It is possible if you fiddle with the cap. Regarding Isaiah Thomas, he's not going to get a big contract. And regarding Portland, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Good. Done. Over. See you next week. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we might go into a little more detail about all of those things, but let's uh, let's start with the Sixers, where I feel like you were going to want to shoot down all of my ideas right away. But let me breathe for a sec, Mort. I will say, in the last week, we alluded to this jokingly last episode, LeBron possibly signing with the Sixers this summer. Um, throughout, I don't know if it's just because I am like follow a bunch of Philly people, but it, multiple Philly people have tweeted about this possibility. There was a rumor last week that LeBron went to Malvern Prep, which is a local high school uh, in the area, to visit during the All-Star break to just like kind of scope things out. Um, a Sixers announcer actually referenced that and said he had someone he knows. Um, uh, uh, he said his brother told him the local school superintendent told him that James is in the area looking at private schools as well. So naturally, it took off from there. Uh, John Johnson of a local radio station, WIP, said he tweeted this yesterday. After speaking to several individuals around the league the past few days, LeBron to Philly has a much higher percentage of happening than most think. One league source, one league source told me, quote, 50-50. So, more hmm. before we get into all of the math, do you think the Sixers are at least a reasonably viable candidate to sign LeBron James this summer? Well, why shouldn't they be? Honestly, they just walked in to to Cleveland last night and and beat them flat out. Beat them, mm-hmm. no controversy. They just beat them. Uh, Philly is a good team. Like, I mean, 
you know, I, I kid around with you a lot because you're a, a tremendous Philly homer. <laughs> yep. And in every episode, we dedicate probably 10 minutes to the Philadelphia 76ers in some capacity. <laughs> um, so at some point in time, I mean, I'm just, I just decided, you know, I'm going to treat you like a Boston fan. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> hey now. To all but, the Boston no. fans out there, Tom Brady did fumble it. Okay. So rest in peace, your mentions. <laughs> But I mean, why why wouldn't he be? Philly is a perfectly fine location for LeBron to end up. It's still on the East Coast because we we know that he's not gonna mess around with the West. I mean, that's <laughs> look. Let, that's one of the things that always bothered me with the Lakers rumors as well. Because just imagine LeBron going up against James Harden four times a year, mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook, all those guys, Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I think there is some sort of attraction in staying in the East where you can pretty much get to the finals whenever the hell you want. Yeah. You know, roughly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We've like, got Joel Embiid. With, yeah. with LeBron James, if he went to the Sixers, the Sixers would be the clear favorites in the East. I know Boston will get oh, yeah. Gordon Hayward back and Toronto is still going to be around, but... They, they oh, no, at least no, no. vault into like that tier versus the tier below, which is oh yeah, they happened. catapult right in there. Yeah. No, yeah, obviously. So the the thing with me though is, I'm not I'm not sure this wouldn't be at the cost of some of Ben Simmons' development. Mm-hmm. I think you do. I mean, I think you end up sacrificing maybe a little bit of that potential, and maybe yep. he doesn't really become the player that he could be. Um, by getting LeBron in there. So you have to gauge whether that sacrifice is worth it. Yeah. Uh, not, not, I'm not saying that Ben isn't going to improve, by the way. Just right. very, very important. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you potentially put a, 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 a smaller cap on where he can land eventually as a player. Yeah, because um, you're saying like Ben Simmons, ultimately you want him as your full-time ball handler as he's been this year. LeBron thrives correct. in that role as well. So if LeBron yes. is taking touches away from him, and if Markel Fultz comes back next year and has a functional shoulder, he'll be taking touches away as well. Correct. Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot as of yet, so you're putting him in an off-ball role at times. It's yeah, I mean that's a fair a fair point. Or and you didn't even mention Dario. Yeah, like he's going to handle the ball as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of this going around, uh, and and you know it's. Would there be fit issues? Yeah, a little bit. Because how do you get enough minutes for LeBron, Robert Covington, Saric, and Ben Simmons, mm. the, and, and also Embiid? Really, because you would—that's like the primary front court, right? So what do you do? Yeah. Like, do you just go super small and play LeBron at center for stretches? Ooh. I mean, Ooh. I guess you. No, I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, you could. But that's still a lot of minutes left, or, or sorry, that's not a lot. Not there are not a lot of minutes left for the for the remainder of the guys there. Like Covington, I could see his minutes just go way down, which, frankly, he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. And then you could go, well, maybe Robert Covington could play the two guard position. Uh, I, uh, I'm not entirely in love with that idea. He's, I mean, like, he's basically the de facto two now. Because their starting lineup is Reddick, Covington, Sarich, Simmons, and Bede. So they, they are starting a bunch of bigs. Like height ones right. at least, I guess. <laughs> He's the yeah. de facto too. But 
yeah, it's a it's a fair again fair points. So, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see. I, I want to see what's what's happening there. But I I feel if LeBron is going to come there, you guys should definitely look at trades for Covington. Yeah, to both free up minutes for LeBron and Ben Simmons and all that. All but also like to give Covington a, like a fair goodbye. Say you know what. We don't think it's fair that you're playing 18, 20 minutes a game. You deserve 30. So we're going to put you a place where where you can get those minutes and that opportunity. Yeah, so let's go into the math here. That seems like a good place to seg into this. So right now we're under the assumption that there's going to be a $101 million salary cap for next season. This is based on mm-hmm. all of the, the most recent reports. That is subject to change, either <laughs> higher or lower, depending on how much revenue the league generates this year. <clears throat> Sixers fans should be rooting for a seven-game playoff series throughout the playoffs because last year the cap came in lower in part because the Cavs and the uh, and the Warriors swept through a lot of the their own respective matchups. So based on a $101 million cap, the Sixers already have about 60, yeah, $67.4 million in guaranteed mm-hmm. contracts. If they pick up the team options on Rashawn Holmes and TJ McConnell, which they should do, they'd be at about 70.6. They are currently projected. They have two picks in the first round. If the Lakers pick does not fall between two and five, they get that. And then they have their own first rounder as well. Uh, The Lakers right now, if the season ended today, Friday, March 2nd, they would be picking 10th. The first round or the um, rookie scale for the 10th pick is about $2.9 million. Uh, the Sixers right now would be 18th. That's another $1.9 million. So right now, assuming no changes to their roster, they'd be at about $75.5 million, giving them roughly $25.5 million in cap space, which is not enough for LeBron James. His max starts at $35.35 million. There are ways to create more cap space. They can The easiest way... Uh, at least without involving any other teams, they can stretch Jared Bayless's contract. He's owed about eight point five million over the next three years. So they, or, sorry, o- over the next year, so they could stretch it, stretch right. that over three years, pay him about two point eight, two point nine million, give or take, uh, over those next three years. So you'd save about five point seven million right there. So that, with Jared Bayless stretched. They would have $31.2 million, which leaves them about $4.1 million short of LeBron's max. If LeBron wants the max, which he says he does, that means you then, I mean, ideally, you're going to find someone to take Jared Bayless plus a prospect without giving you any right. anything salary-wise back in return. You, you know, which get, means it has to be a team under the cap. Right, so you would get a you know a fake future second round pick, like a top fifty five protected second round pick. Just th- this would be a pure cap dump at that point. So more, I want to or like the rights, yeah, to sure. a guy who's never going to come over. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So more, let's say, I mean, the Bulls are going to be one team that has plenty of cap space this summer. They said they don't want to get in the free agent market. What right. would it take for you to take Jared Bayless if you're the Bulls? Like would oh, so I mean the Sixers yeah. have a bunch of like fringe rotation guys. They have Rashawn Holmes, they have Timothy Luwawu right. Cabarro, they have Furkan Korkmaz, they have uh, 
Justin Anderson, any of those guys. Yeah. So if they, I tri- mean, cons- oh, considering sorry. it's the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how how many second rounders, future second rounders, do you want? <laughs> uh, the Sixers already have four this upcoming draft, so. They could, they could also well, package I mean, those. But the, yeah. the Bulls just don't know how to do a trade without adding in one of their own second rounders. So right. they would be looking at you really weird. <laughs> no, um, I, I if I'm the Bulls, I I would definitely ask for Rashawn Holmes mm-hmm. because Robin Lopez is not their long term option at the center spot. Sure, Rashawn Holmes at least has some potential in becoming a full time starter. Yeah. Uh, I would also ask for at least one second rounder mm-hmm. because here's the thing though everyone would know why <laughs> everyone would know it's because LeBron James would be going there yeah so the price is gonna be high and that's not just yeah. for the Bulls like every team with cap space is gonna put that price high so if I'm the Bulls if I'm Gar Foreman God forbid um, <laughs> I'm I'm saying you know what I, I, if I was supposed to take Jared Bayless, mm-hmm. first of all, I would see if I could squeeze a first rounder out of you. Mm-hmm. After you know, I would I would go. I want Rashawn Holmes and some sort of first rounder, mm-hmm. and you're going to say no because that's too much. Right. I'm going to say okay, then get back to me after you've spoken with Phoenix and all the other teams available. Yeah. And then you do, and let's say they aren't biting on anything. You come back and I and you go. I can't do that deal. I'm I'm willing to just live with my roster. I'm willing to go forward with Ben Simmons. But how about this? Three seconds, and Bayless and Rashawn Holmes. Mm-hmm. I would say yes to that. That's fair. And I don't think. I, I mean, the Sixers last year started selling seconds. There's no way they spend all four second round picks and keep all four of those players. They can obviously draft right. and stash a couple guys, which I'm sure they would do if they keep all four of them. But mm-hmm. they're not going to keep all four of those picks. I think that's right. very safe to say. So, absolutely. and I'm also not saying like that deal would go down. Right. I don't think necessarily Philly would have to give up three seconds. I was saying what I would do. Yeah. The Bulls, they would be like sec- second <laughs> rounders. Wait, you're Can giving them that? to us? We don't have. Well, to I give don't them to understand. You? Uh, we thought was there something we had that we could give out <laughs> right. like candy? Not sure. Yeah, but so. Obviously, for the Bulls, it would be something along those lines if it were it were me. But Gar would probably sell just for Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. Well, and so the further complication here is if they right now with those two picks on their roster, um, yeah, the the two first round picks, they would have mm-hmm. thirteen players under contract for next year, and that's not counting. You know, all of this is assuming, by the way, that like they they can they would rescind the rights to all of their free agents. So JJ Redick, Mir Johnson, Marco Bellinelli, right, and all or Sanelli so as well. So they would, if they trade two players, they're going to have an incomplete roster charge of eight hundred thirty thousand. So even if they trade Bayless and Holmes, they would still be a little bit short. Like less than a million short, but they would still be short. So then they would probably have to trade Luau Cabrero or Corkmaz, if not to whichever team takes Jared Bayless, to another team for again a future second round pick or something. Or if they trade Justin Anderson with Bayless, yeah. that gets them under. But but Justin Anderson is not as intriguing as Corkmaz or Holmes or Holmes, yeah. obviously. Yeah. 
So or TLC for that. Yeah, thing. right. Exactly. And I mean, Holmes is a second round pick. He's under contract for one more year. Then he would be an unrestricted free agent. Korkmaz, mm-hmm. Luau, and Anderson are all first round picks. Uh, Anderson, I believe, would be heading into his fourth year. So you'd have him for one more year. Then you have his the matching rights as a restricted free agent. Correct. Uh, yeah. TLC and Korkmaz, two more years under the rookie deals. And then same thing, matching rights. So, like, this whole exercise is to say the Sixers, there are ways for them to create the cap space necessary to sign LeBron James. It's not, if we're talking about, like, pure cap pipe dreams, this is not one of those. They they can do it. it but right now, they do not have the cap space to sign him. Like, Brian Colangelo would be a very busy man in the days leading right. up to July 1st or whenever LeBron, like, commits to them um, before they could actually sign him to his full max deal. So if push came to shove, would you be willing to give up the the latest of the first-rounders? Oh, yeah. I okay. mean, if, if it's LeBron James saying he's going to come to your yeah. team, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Why okay. not? No, I, 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 I'm just asking, Brian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is very... I mean, so I did want to ask you this, though, because Kelly Scaletta, who works for FanRag Sports, among other places, uh, posed this question on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was interesting. If you were to sign one player... Like, if LeBron James was willing to sign a four-year contract, which Mm. I don't think he will be, but if he was willing to, who is a better fit for Philly, him or Paul George? I said Paul George. I remember that Paul. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's it's an interesting argument because Paul George can make – he's not eligible for the 35% max that LeBron is. He can only do the 30%. So you can get – you could the Sixers could sign Paul George just by waving – or stretching Jared Bayless. They wouldn't right. have to do anything else. They wouldn't have to trade any of these young prospects. They could just get Paul George then. And I, like, I would be very surprised if LeBron James is willing to sign – a four-year contract this summer. I don't think he's going to. I think even when he came back to Cleveland the first time, he did a three-year deal with the third-year player option, I right. believe. So, I, like, at most, that's what you're getting. Yeah. Um, well, you would get something else here if you took Paul George over LeBron. You would get the development of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it from a, a more wholesome perspective, I think. Yeah. And... There's this added benefit because Paul George is just a better shooter. Mm-hmm. He's better at moving off the ball. And I would argue because LeBron is at this stage of his career where he has to coast a little bit defensively, mm-hmm. Paul is a better defender to yeah. boot. At least on so, a, like a night-to-night basis. I mean, I think correct. You know, LeBron in the playoffs is a different... We've seen him turn it on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like obviously, but like... The thing still remains, like, LeBron is being asked to do so much. Like, his responsibility in handling the ball and being the primary passer and primary scorer and all these things, mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't play 25, 30 minutes of hard-nosed defense right. in that sort of setting. You can't. Yeah. Whereas Paul George is not going to be asked to handle the basketball as the primary option. No, offensively, he's more or less going to be like a a supercharged version of J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. A, a, a longer and more athletic guy who can then attack the paint when he needs to, but is primarily going to shoot a lot of threes and separate himself from defenders and get up jump shots, which mm-hmm. doesn't take as much of a toll 
because he's not asked to also average eight or nine assists. He's not asked to have the ball in his hands 80, 85% of the time like LeBron. So that's just, that's a huge thing going forward as well. Plus he's younger. So you have mm -hmm. all these assets sort of, or, or you know, arguments for, for his point of view. And then the ar other argument obviously is LeBron fucking James. Yeah, right. I know. It's like, it's really, it's an interesting debate, I think. And it's one that we'll continue to have for the next four months because. Right. Yeah, like. Do you think if, you know, say the Sixers go through all these steps and they find mm. someone to take Bayless and whatever, they either trade Anderson or, like, Corkmaz right. and TLC. Let's say J.J. Redick. They, they, I don't believe, if they carve out enough cap space to sign LeBron, I believe they would only then have the room exception, which is around $4.1, 4200000 But you're than, imagining a Redick returning? Because if you pay, I mean, you paid him $23 million this year. You overpaid him this year, so he would give you a discount on future years. Ultimately, I mean, yeah, like hopefully instead, hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully he would say he'd be willing. You know, he sees LeBron James come, he's like, all right, yeah, we can win a ring. I could totally see that. I take I could four totally million dollars. I'm going to treat it as a two, basically a two-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal. Um, but do you think, you know, say LeBron comes, say Redick resigns, is this Sixers core enough to beat the Warriors next year? Well, it's definitely up there because, I mean, the, the Joel Embiid is going to improve mm -hmm. from this summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ben Simmons is going to improve. If, like, if he learns to actually hit three throws and if he starts to learn that he's right-handed, <laughs> yeah. that's that's going to be amazing. <laughs> yep. And, and and not, like, look at this, the leap Dario made yeah. from last year to this yeah. as well. Like, I don't think he's done. What is he, 24, 23? He's, about, he's not even 24 yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no way in hell he's not going to improve further. Yeah. Like, he is. Um, and, like, if that comes to the cost of Korkmaz, Cabarrot, and Holmes, you kind of do it. Yeah. You t it's a tight rotation afterwards, but it's a damn good one, right? Like, let's look at that tight rotation. That would be LeBron. It would be Embiid. Ben Simmons. Sarich. Covington, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Redick. Fultz. Mm -hmm. Um... At that, point, one. at that point, you're probably just signing, like, I bet yeah, you... Yeah, that was the core. Yeah, yeah, but I bet you... Okay, but that's that's still a great core. Yeah, I mean, like, Oh, yeah, I was thinking of Bellinelli, but you right. had to re, uh, renounce him, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but then at that point, you're probably getting ring chasers. Like, it wouldn't shock me if a Bellinelli or an Amir Johnson or an Ilyasova was like, all right, screw it, I'll stay for one year on a minimum deal. Oh, my God, if you did that and you got Bellinelli and Ilyasova back, yeah, like, at minimum deals... Like, all you would need then was just a decent backup point guard who was willing to come over. TJ. Like, on a minimum. T T oh, yeah, TJ's there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because you didn't have to give him give him up. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Well, hell. Yeah. Yeah, I think you I think you have it. Now, that would be a team that, that if I'm Golden State, I would definitely be looking at going, yeah, how, how do we guard them? Right. What do we do here? Like, you probably pack the lane a little bit because LeBron, even though he's an improved shooter from this season, he's still not one of those knockdown three-point shooters. Yeah, yeah. And Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons at this point. Mm -hmm. And I will need to see more from Joel Embiid as a three-point shooter before I believe it. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, Just, I mean, that's the, a hell of a lot of talent. The size alone is enough to keep the Warriors up at night. Oh, yeah, just from Markel Fultz alone. Like, he's yeah. a 6'4 point guard. Yeah. 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 
I know. I, I'm just making sure I'm not being a total homer when I. No, no, no. I I don't think you're a total homer. I think chemistry is going to play a huge factor yeah. in this because you will have to overcome some spacing issues in the starting lineup, regardless. Yep. Which wouldn't be a problem if you got Paul George instead, though. Right. I know. I I hope he's. I mean, we all know he's supposed to be signing with the Lakers this summer. Maybe he stays with OKC, but I hope his agent is like, hey, hey, Paul, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got a really easy road to at least the conference finals if you sign in Philly. That's that's the thing, right? I mean, the East is just wide open. I, I've said this for two years. You know I've said this for two years. I do not understand why more free agents just don't go East. Yeah. Like some of the major players. It just makes sense. I, I agree. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a, certainly a fascinating next couple of months in Philly. I mean, I've at this point, I've been avoiding saying it because I don't want to jinx them. And this, this next week will go a long way toward sealing up their playoff spot. But mm. they're four and a half games up on the Pistons. It feels like they're a pretty safe playoff team at this point. I mean, again, oh, yeah. if, if catastrophe strikes, if Embiid goes down, if Simmons goes down, there's there's still time for them to fall apart, but they have a super easy schedule. So they're going to have a chance to put on one hell of a free agent recruiting pitch during the playoffs. Like if they give, you know, right now they would be slated to play the Cavs in the first round. Yeah. Hey, Le- hey LeBron, I mean, here's a seven-game series to show you why you should sign here. And what if... What if they actually beat the Cavs? Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean, they did it Look, last that night. That game, yeah, that game last night was no fluke, man. Yeah, I, I mean that was J. R. Just... Smith was out, but yeah, otherwise. Jr. Oh yeah, because Jr. Smith <laughs> is going to be the biggest difference maker. Hey, I'll chuck you a cup of soup. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, I'm just saying. I agree with you. I agree with you right there. And. I, I'm not afraid to jinx them because I don't think it's a jinx. I think they are a definite playoff team. If they, Absolutely. Yeah. like If they stay yeah. healthy, they are, just because their schedule oh, yeah. is so easy down the stretch. I mean, like they could they could blow it. They still have four games against Charlotte. If they lose all four games, that I mean, Charlotte would move right up back into playoff contention. But yeah. hopefully they win at least one of them, <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with this team for the next couple of months because they are really the only team, the only good team with a lot of practical cap space next year, depending on how you mm-hmm. feel about the Lakers. But that's actually a perfect way to transition into yeah. our next topic. Isaiah Let's Thomas, Mort. So yeah. Thursday, before the Lakers pounded the heat, uh <laughs> He was talking about his free agency, his upcoming free agency. And he said, quote, all you need is one team to love you. It's like the draft all over again. You just need one team. So that is all I'm doing and working toward. Until then, I'm focused on doing whatever I can to make this the best team possible. Man, I said something similar when I was like 13 years old. It only takes one girl. <laughs> one girl. It only takes one girl. Oh, man. Victoria, I hope you wooed her that way. No, 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 no. I, I, I had experiences okay. prior Good. to Good. my wife. Thank Good. you very much. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Brian. No, I'm saying come I, on. Hope, I hope. I know I look like an ogre, but come on. <laughs> I, I meant, come on, Brian. I hope your your pitch to her was, well, it only takes one person. 
Do you want to that was how I proposed. Person? Yeah, right. Yeah, that, definitely. Right. Good. Okay. And and that was like on her perspective. Look, look, you only need one person. Yeah. You only doesn't matter who it is. Right. If it's someone <laughs> substandard like me, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You it, just need one person to come home to. It, it doesn't matter out. the quality of that person. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um so yeah, when when I said said those things, I was just like, "Oh, oh, darling, um, <laughs> you you are going to be in for a rude awakening come July." Yeah, uh, and and look, <laughs> that sounds fictitious. It sounds like I'm just mocking him. I I'm really not. I feel bad for Isaiah because mm -hmm. he's been so damn good over the last couple of years. But I just I think his his talk of the Brink truck I think that kind of led Boston to trade him as well. I think his way of speaking on these things just scared teams away. Yeah. I think if he had just shut the hell up about his contract and not talked about it mm -hmm. and just like played it coy and just went out and delivered, who knows? Boston might actually have kept it on because they figured oh. This is a reasonable man who understands that he's 5'9 and about to turn 30. Right. But he's... Brink Truck, that does not indicate that he has that level of understanding. Yeah. He's 5'9, about to turn 30. He's coming off of a major hip injury. Is one of the worst. Major in the hip NBA injury. Right. Already. Like prior to his hip injury, he was already abysmal oh, yeah. defensively. Yeah. Correct. I mean... Like offensively, he's a godsend. Right. But yeah. Yeah, this is no disrespect. I mean, it's going to come off as disrespectful this next segment to Isaiah Thomas, but we appreciate what he can do offensively. And shit, I mean, he showed it against the Heat. He had 29 yep. points, six assists, four rebounds in 39 or in 29 minutes. Had yeah, six threes. six threes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is, I mean, he could be, he's like a souped up Lou Williams. He can be an absolute spark plug for a team. Mm, that's a good one. And look what, look at what Lou got. Yeah. Maybe so, that's. Yeah. I mean, so I wrote about him for B-Ball Breakdown, about Isaiah for B-Ball Breakdown, mm. I believe, last week. Because I wanted to kind of dig into the numbers and see, like, all right, you know, yeah, he, he gave that Brinks truck thing. Like, even before all of this stuff with Cleveland trading him, that was gone the second Boston traded him. I mean, I guess Cleveland, if they were trying to re-sign LeBron James and, like, Isaiah and LeBron turned into a buddy-buddy... Maybe Cleveland would have paid him an enormous amount of money, but when Cleveland mm. traded him, the Brinks truck dream died. Like there's, yeah. it's just, it's not happening. You're not getting a long-term max deal. Sorry, Isaiah, you became a free agent. If you, if it happened in 2017, you might have, but you became a free agent mm. in the wrong year, and it's crappy for you. So here's the problem for Isaiah Thomas. Outside of the Houston Rockets, who they ha I'm going off of Spotrack's practical cap space numbers. Houston has 22 million in practical cap space, but Houston also has a point guard by the name of Chris Paul, who's going to be a free agent. So something tells me Chris Paul will be resigning there and taking up all of that cap space. Outside of that, every team with, I mean, 15, 20 plus million in practical cap space, mm. they either have a point guard of the future. So the Lakers have Lonzo Ball, the Bulls have Chris Dunn, the Sixers have Bolts and Ben Simmons, the Hawks, I mean, they kind of don't seem to be in love with Dennis Schroeder, but they have him on the roster at least. 
Dallas has Dennis <laughs> right. Smith Jr. The Kings have De'Aaron Fox. Brooklyn has De- uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin for one more year. Orlando is really the first landing spot. Orlando has $16 million in practical cap space. But Orlando also has Aaron Gordon to worry about in restricted free agency. Like, if they re-sign yeah. him, they have no cap space anymore. So then you're down to the Suns at 14.6, but they have... They just traded for Alfred Payton, and they have Devin Booker, too. And, oh, yeah, Isaiah Thomas played there already. I, you know, something tells me those bridges are burned. Then you're at Utah, who has Ricky Rubio and Dante Exum at 11.6. And those are the only teams above $10 million. So more, like, what What do you think is going to happen to Isaiah? It, do, it just doesn't seem like not only is a long-term big money deal not there, it just doesn't seem like any of the teams with cap space have any reason to be interested in him. Short-term Lakers. Yeah. And because they have team control over mm-hmm. Lonzo, mm-hmm. he's not up for uh, another contract until, you know, three years from now. Yep. So you could give i say it like a two-year deal worth and when i say big money i don't mean like jj reddick big money oh, i mean okay. where, what the market dictates for i say a thomas at this point which is probably two years 25 yeah i was gonna say like two years 30 even yeah I oh mean, well you know what that, hey good if that happens good on him that would be fine i mean i would love that kcp got about a little less than $18 million. As you mentioned, J.J. Reddick got 23 last summer. Amir Johnson got 11 Yeah, I, but I'm factoring in that GMs are not as, you know, they're a little bit more nervous handing out mm-hmm. money this year. So that's what I'm trying yeah. to factor in here. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you overall on the Lakers. Like, Isaiah Thomas better pray like hell that Paul George re-signs in OKC or doesn't go to the Lakers. LeBron James doesn't go to the Lakers. DeMarcus Cousins yeah. doesn't go to the Lakers. Because then the Lakers have said, you know, you know, ideally they want to get their two max guys this summer. Mm. But if they don't, they're ready to pivot to 2019 when guys like Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson will be free agents so they can do this whole song and dance over again. But then, like right now, according to Spotrack, the Lakers have $61.8 million in practical cap space for this summer. They just traded Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance at the trade deadline to get Isaiah Thomas and a couple, you know, that first round pick. Um, they have to spend some of that money. So, yeah, like if they don't get anyone, right? Right. So they would, I would assume, they would want to keep as much cap space available for 2019 as possible. So shit, I mean, maybe they do do a one year, twenty five million deal for Isaiah Thomas. Like, what's the downside? Yeah, no, if it's a one-year deal, I'm with you. Like, then it doesn't matter. I mean, give him, yeah, 25, 23, 25, whatever. I mean, that's bringing the Brink truck for a yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, that would be fine. And and honestly, I say I can't really expect a hell of a lot more. So if he gets, like, one year, 25, he can, pre- he can, he can be set. Like, when he goes out on the free agent market next year then it's like it's more okay for him to seek out a smaller deal because he just got paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. unless the Hawks trade Schroeder, which is possible, I just don't see... I mean, I don't see a team that would give him more than the mid-level exception otherwise. No, but like, why would Atlanta downgrade from Schroeder 
to to Isaiah. Like, okay, you have a younger, taller, uh, cheaper Dennis Schroeder, and then you go for an older, smaller, more expensive Isaiah Thomas. Right, and you're in the very beginning stages of a rebuild. You are not going to exactly. spend competitiveness within right. the next year or two. And Mike Budenholzer is not a guy I think <laughs> who would enjoy having such a weak defensive point guard on his squad. So yeah. uh, it's it's difficult because you need to figure out how to to get that entire situation figured out if you're at Isaiah's camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are just so few teams. I, I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked if Isaiah signed, like, like you said, like a one-year $25 million deal and the next year was so pissed at the league for not giving him a serious offer like that he went out of the country. Like I would mm-hmm. nothing would surprise me at this point. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, by next summer at least, uh then some of the contracts signed in twenty sixteen will start to come off the books. So then teams right. will have a little bit more cap space. But Kevin I say I would be, be a, a year agent. older. Yeah, that's true. But if he comes back and he can show that he's the Isaiah of old and that this Cleveland thing was you know, just a bad fit, bad chemistry, bad whatever. If he can even be 80% of his old self and do it over the course of a full year. and Then you still don't pay him in his older seasons. Yeah, but when Kemba Walker leaves Charlotte and Michael Jordan says, I I have a hole at point guard and Isaiah Thomas is on the free agent market, you're telling oh, me yeah. he's going to avoid the temptation to give well, Isaiah like three years, $80 million? That's true. He just, I mean, he's going to hire Mitch Kupchak, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I say I forget everything we just said. Welcome to Charlotte. <laughs> or the Knicks. Like, it, it feels like such a Knicks thing to do. So they would be going with Moutier and Nilikina and Isaiah? <laughs> that would be totally Knicks. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks because the Kings and the Suns are too poorly run teams and those those teams would also be likely landing spots for isaiah but he's already played Mm -hmm. there so i feel like that's not going to happen but there are definitely dumb teams still left like it it, you know i i still don't want i still want to see isaiah like an older version of isaiah go to real madrid at some point (laughs) i think that would be the funniest thing in the world oh man it's i mean it just i feel really i genuinely feel bad for him because it sucks like he really would have made if not a hundred million dollars, very close to it. If he became a free agent last summer, but the timing and this whole Cleveland situation, I just don't. And and get the the cap space around the league. I just don't see a way he's going to get anything close to what he thinks he deserves. No, but that's why you don't go off and just mouth about any brink truck. Could you imagine yeah. right before the ESPN layoffs that oh. you had like <laughs> all of all those writers just going, hey. Come on, paycheck, everybody. Come on, pay race. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the big bucks now. And then, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's yeah. just like, shut up. Thankfully, I, I, don't, I haven't heard anyone from ESPN do that. But like, right. it's just, the same logic applies. Yeah. Just, I mean, he, you're a 5'9 point guard with severe defensive deficiency. Shut up. Just yeah. shut the hell up. And frankly, don't you hurt your said brain. That- about his Cleveland tenure, and maybe he'd still be in Cleveland. But instead, he just couldn't right. stop talking about how bad the team was and how it wasn't his fault. And yeah. then they were like, all right, you're gone. Well, you know, it's it, the smallest dogs, they always bark the loudest <laughs> that's, as well, So That's true. My neighbor can attest. 
All right, Mort, let's move on to the other big news from the last couple days. Shabazz Muhammad finally has gotten bought out <laughs> by the Minnesota Timberwolves. They, they were, like, posturing <laughs> for a while and saying they weren't going to do it, even though Jimmy Butler got hurt and they still weren't bringing him off the bench. Finally, on Thursday, he agreed to a buyout. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he has agreed to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks once he clears waivers. How do you mm-hmm. like his fit with the Bucks, Mort? Do you think he may- moves the needle for them? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> like, what is he going to go in there and get minutes off of Giannis and Chris Middleton? Uh, or and Jabari yeah. Parker? Jabari, I mean, yeah. I'm not really... I, mean, I, I thought that was a weird fit, but I mean, okay, if they want depth. I mean, he is the one... He is the type of guy who in a playoff series can come in in, like, in a random game three mm-hmm. and, and, like, just pour in 17 points off the bench. Yep. So, like, he can be that guy. Um, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I, w- I would pre- prefer him to see him in Portland, but as you correctly pointed out was, Portland is in salary cap hell. They just gave Noah Vonley to Chicago mm-hmm. for nothing. Um, so, yeah, they probably wouldn't have, have, you know, taking a chance on, on Shabazz. But it's a shame because they needed, like, a legit three, I feel. With yeah. Amino playing the four, so for him to go to Milwaukee just seems like a weird spot. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that it's, it's going to convert into chances for him necessarily. It seems like he just went from one bad situation to a place where he won't play. So <laughs> I'm not sure what was going on there. I'm going to assume Milwaukee will at least give him more minutes than Minnesota was, which is zero. I mean, yeah. maybe not a lot, but like Brogdon's out for the next couple weeks still. Um, I mean, oh, you wanted to play some guard? I I don't know. Like they just have such weird lineups. Like Chris Middleton could move over to the guard spot, but you can mm. do like some Middleton, uh, Giannis, Bledsoe, <laughs> Shabazz, and John Henson. I guess I don't know. Like they can get creative. I and just have kind of like that's been their thing, right? Just have a bunch of forwards. Who you could throw out and just be, have a that's big true. long wall of defense. Not yeah, saying that's, Shabazz. That, I mean that's true. Yeah, I'm not saying he's like a great defender by any means, but I, you know, I I don't hate the, it. Like it's not going to hurt no, him. I don't think. That's the thing that bothers me though with Shabazz. Like he's got the athleticism and mm-hmm. the reaction pattern and the and the body and everything to actually be a very good defender. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about like his mental approach to defense mm-hmm. and and again i've mentioned this before remember when he was like the clear-cut number one pick like yeah. when he was in high school and you know going off to ucla yep. like, he was just oh this guy is gonna go number one he's gonna be a, a franchise caliber player and then that season at ucla where he averaged like i not even an assist a game i think mm-hmm. yeah he had 27 assists in 987 minutes while at UCLA. Lord. Yeah, because he was just like a de facto scorer slash shooter. Like he was he was the guy who was just supposed to get buckets. Yeah. And then he probably came into the league with that mindset and it just never left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. I am kind of hoping he turns into something. He reminds me of like a crappier version of Andrew Wiggins. Like, all he does is score and then not rebound as well as he should. Yep. 
zero playmaking ability. Should be a better defender. To his credit, he rebounded better in his in the, in the first couple of years. Like he was yeah. an okay rebounder, but it's yeah, like Minnesota <laughs> with Shabazz on Wiggins. <laughs> that was that's just not a strong like small forward depth you've got going on there. Hopefully for Minnesota as well, like this opens up the opportunity for them to find someone who's actually capable of playing both ends of the court. Yeah, that's true. It, it, I mean, I I think this is going to be like the one of the less impactful buyout signings. Like Bellinelli mm-hmm. and Elias Ober are both going to make a bigger impact on the Sixers than I expect oh, yeah. Muhammad to on the Bucks. But whatever, if you're just fortifying your rotation for the playoffs... That's fine. There's no harm. Yeah, yeah, and he's cheap, so makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we're, then we're going to move right on to the Portland Trailblazers, who we have not talked about a whole lot this season. But lo and behold, after beating the Timberwolves last night, they are currently tied with the San Antonio Spurs for fourth in the West. They're only a half game behind the Timberwolves, the number three seed. Yeah, five-game winning streak. Yeah. And um, as we talked about last episode, in the last couple episodes, really, uh, Jimmy Butler's out until at least late March. Kawhi Leonard yep. is out indefinitely, possibly for the season. Do you think Portland has a legit shot of being the number three seed? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. They have Lillard, McCollum. They, I really, really dig what they're doing with Alfred Gamino. I mentioned this previously. Mm-hmm. Him playing the four being athletic, being able to handle the basketball, being able to shoot. Like, he's he's shooting almost 40% from downtown. Mm-hmm. He's rebounding. He's just energetic. Um, and, and again, oh, I'm, I'm looking at that contract situation, you know, for the team, and I'm just so bothered by the Evan Turner deal yeah. and the fact that they weren't able to get, like, a consistent small forward, like a guy who just glues together the front court and the back court. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like they have this all-star caliber backcourt in Lillard and and McCollum, who is doing the bulk of the scoring. Then you have a very gifted but somewhat underutilized center in Yusuf Nurkic, a well-rounded power forward in Amino, who I just touched on. And then there's, like, this this hole at the three that just can't bind those two factors together. Like this is where you would need like a prime Luol Deng. Mm. Like he would just be beautiful in that setup, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, you need a glue guy or a Shane Battier or something like that. Right. Just someone who just ties everything together. And you know, Maurice Harkless isn't that guy. Yeah. And yeah. Harkless played better last year than he has this year. He's been disappointing oh, yeah. this year for sure. Yeah. yeah, very, unfortunately. And, you know, Evan Turner is just not living up to that contract at all. Oh, but God. we all knew that going in. So, yeah, yeah, uh, you can hardly blame Evan for that. Right. I mean, go get your money. Yeah, I'm still mad that that contract came out. Like, I remember we were recording an episode that first day of free agency. And that contract mm. came out five <laughs> minutes after we stopped recording. And I'm so mad that we don't have our reaction to it saved on... I guess oh, on yeah. tape somewhere. I I, re- I remember that you were just sitting looking at the screen because we're on video. Yeah. Like you and I, we always watch each other when we talk, and and you just you had your mouth wide open, just like what? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, after a while, you went good on Evan because yeah. he's a former Sixer. Right. You're like, oh, that's nice for him. Yeah. But what? <laughs> I was straight up dumbfounded, and I continued. To yeah. Be. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah, I, I think we all were. Yeah. We all. <laughs> I mean. 
So here's what's not working in Portland's favor. I'm going off of Tankathon here. They have a remaining schedule strength. Portland mm. has the sixth hardest remaining schedule. Uh, behind OKC is fifth. San Antonio is first. So they've got company. And New Orleans is eighth. The Clippers mm. are tenth. Minnesota's thirteenth. So really, everyone outside of Utah, who's twenty second, and Denver, who's seventeenth, all of those teams in the Western Conference playoff mix, all have incredibly hard schedules coming up. Um, you know that said, three of their of their most recent in this five game winning streak, they beat the Warriors, they pounded the Jazz on the road by nineteen points, they beat the Timberwolves at home, their next games against OKC at home. We've seen, you know, OKC is good, but like they they're hurting right now. Then you've got the right. Lakers, the Knicks, a home game against the Warriors. You actually have a five game home stretch coming up against the Knicks, Warriors, Heat, Cleveland, and Detroit. Part of me thinks that their schedule sounds harder on paper than it actually is. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, Cleveland is not as good as its record would indicate right now, just because it's working oh, yeah. so many new pieces in. Same goes for Detroit. You know, Blake Griffin, the Blake Griffin pop ended about three games into his tenure with the Pistons, and now they've just gone back to being sad. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's time. I'm not saying Portland is definitively going to be the number three seed, but I think it's time to take them seriously as a contender for that spot. But that yeah. said, like, three through seven right now is separated by one game. It's preposterous. I've, I can't remember a playoff. You know, it's always, in the West, it's always pretty tight, those last couple. But, like, I can't remember a season where we had three through eight or three through nine like this. Right. It's wild. Like, no, it's it, it's it's a crazy race both in the Western Conference playoffs picture and for the tanking spot. Yeah. Like, there are races <laughs> all over right now. I know. It's going to be, I mean, every game takes on importance. Like, I know people tend to check out toward after the All-Star break and say, like, yeah, these last couple weeks don't matter. I'll see you in the playoffs. But, like, every yeah. one of these regular season matchups matters. That Portland-OKC game is gigantic. It's going to be... It's going to make the next month fun. Like, if you are thinking about tuning out, don't, because there are going to be a lot yeah. of playoff-caliber games coming up. So I have a question to you about Portland as well. Yeah. <clears throat> They're last... In the NBA in assists, they're mm-hmm. averaging only 19 assists per game, which Oof. is ridiculously low. Yeah. Um, does, but they're a winning team. Uh-huh. So my question to you is, have we finally reached the point where it's pretty self-evident that raw assists, like assists in a vacuum, mm-hmm. is just a stat that's extremely flawed? Yeah, I'd say pretty much every stat in a vacuum is extremely flawed, but yeah. Sure, I, I'll go with that. I mean, if you no, have... yeah, but 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 assists are just so I mean so su- uh, subjective. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you have two strong isolation scorers like Portland does and Dame and CJ, right. and you can make that work for your team, cool. But like, <laughs> yeah. most teams don't have that. Exactly, and and it's just because I, I've read a couple pieces on it um, over the course of the of the season. Oh, they needed like a new playmaker, and they need. Mm-hmm. I mean. Every team could use additional playmakers, so sure. I'm not arguing that point. But it just seems to me that it's just a whole bunch of things, honestly. Because we we get different results, you know, depending on which arena you're in, in how an assist is attributed. Yeah. Because some might give an assist after the player who receives the ball takes two dribbles and then go, oh, if he dribbles a third time, I'm not giving the assist. Mm-hmm. 
like it's subjective and it changes all of, depending where you are uh, and yet we as people who analyze the game we still use assists like in a vacuum a lot and we use it as some sort of you know magical way of making everyone better because oh assists are everything mm-hmm. and I, I just think it's interesting to look at a team like Portland and like you just touched on it you said they had great isolation scores they do and they're effective and they're efficient I mean look Lillard is averaging 26 and a half points on 19 shot attempts mm. that's good yeah that's really good uh, CJ is averaging 21 and a half and not even turning the ball over two times a game again I mean they that's good yeah. he takes care of the ball so there are different ways of being efficient and helping your team and I'm just I wanted to bring it up because I'm just tired of that whole, you know, oh, if you're not a high-assist team mm. or if you're not a high-assist player, you have a weakness. Yeah. Like, I mean, we talked about it with Wiggins as well. I really don't care about his raw assist numbers. I care about him as a playmaker. And if that means just more hockey assists, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just found it interesting, you know, them being like a low-assist rated team and yeah. you just they're doing fine yeah. they're doing fine it's not a problem right it's a fair point i mean that said like even if portland does get the three seed i would be very like i would be excited to pick against them in the first round i would say that much oh yeah like I, yeah, yeah, yeah i think but that's they because right for an upset yeah but that's yep. because a minnesota if you know if minnesota slips down or if san antonio slips down and jimmy butler or Kawhi come back like oh yeah like yeah. if it's a 3-6 matchup between portland and minnesota or a 4-5 between portland and minnesota yeah. taking minnesota every time look look here's the thing i'm kind of hoping for Kawhi's sake that he that he comes back and this is going to be their first round series because could you imagine how Kawhi would just feast on this team it would be like that's yeah i mean that would be the best way for Kawhi to get back yeah like, just feel comfortable right like who do they have they can throw at him I, I, I praise Amino, but no. we're talking about Kawhi Leonard here. Yeah. And he won't be able to guard him. Evan Turner, please. <laughs> yeah. Maurice Harkless, give me a break. And then on the other end, you could put Kawhi and Danny Green on CJ and Dame. and Boom. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Like, who else is? Yeah. Right, right. Take take a page out of Phil Jackson's book in 1998 when he put Scotty on Mark Jackson in the Eastern mm. Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm very interested to see... Like, Portland feels very much like a paper tiger to me. Like, they might... Yeah. They're going to get close to... Probably not 50 wins, but, you know, 48 or so. They're going to be right. one of the top four seeds. They're probably going to get home court advantage. Their home fans are great. I'd still... I mean, Minnesota, San Antonio, maybe even Denver, once Paul Millsap gets worked back in. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd probably pick any one of those teams... Denver is more of a toss-up, but Minnesota right. or San Antonio, if either one of their stars comes back. I agree with that. Yeah. But not because of the lack of assists, but because no, right, right, of... Right. They're, yeah, right. They're just not that deep. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, they're very top-heavy. And, like, after the three main guys, there's a drop-off. A huge drop. It feels they're yeah. going to be like what Toronto was the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, all right, Mort, do you want to go into your crush of the week, or should I take mine first? You should take yours first because we recorded just a couple of days ago. I don't think I have a new one yet. Okay. But just I well, go with we, yours. We can share a crush on J.R. Smith for getting suspended for against the Sixers on Thursday for throwing a bowl of soup 
at assistant coach Damon Jones. Like, what do you even say? I love the NBA. Like, what a stupid league. It's amazing. So, so here's my reaction to it, right? Uh When, when I, when I was on Twitter and I, this thing came up. Yeah. When I saw, you know, I knew JR, it was JR because he'd been suspended and all that. And then she's going, okay. Yeah, sure. My reaction was just, of course he did. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like if it, if it had been any, anyone else. I would have been what yeah, really, right? But because it was Jr., I was just like, yeah. I mean, of course he did, right? Of course he did. And then basketball Twitter had an absolute field day. I mean, as far as I know, oh, yeah. the jokes are still going on. Just oh with, yeah, at like clam chowder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been James Hollis and Kelly's Galata's dream because you could just make bad soup puns all day, which they have been yep. doing to their credit. So, oh, yeah, a lot of soup Nazi references yeah. as well. It's wonderful. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, shout out to JR for giving us all something to lighten up the mood going into the weekend. And frankly, for helping the Sixers get one of their biggest wins of the season. So, double shout out. Nah, you know, I, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think you guys won that on your own merit. Uh, again, I'm not jinxing anything right now. I'm just... <laughs> This oh is, my god, you're so becoming Sarah 2.0. This is the Philly, I won't I won't tell you if my team if the team is good or not. I won't say it out loud. That's just that the Philly like dude, even until the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I was coming up with all the ways they were going to lose. <laughs> like that's just the Philly mentality. You you come up with yeah. everything that could go wrong and then things continue to go right and you're like, Oh, well, okay. Uh, sure. This is sure, they just okay. Like when mm-hmm. Tom Brady threw that incompletion at the end, I'm like, wait, but there's still a second left. Like they're they're gonna do it again, and then I realized there was no time left. But and and this is just me with the Danish mentality of you know being logical. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, which is which is something. You, I mean, I wish I could export logic to you guys oh, in no. America. I'd be rich. Yeah. No, we, we've gone through too much heartbreak. Both. It, Philadelphia sports and just Americans in general over the last. That's kind of what, like, yeah, yeah, because more guns in school because that makes sense, right? right? Yeah, so logical. Yeah, <laughs> so logical. Shout yeah. out, shout out to our brilliant politicians. Uh, all right, before we <laughs> veer too far, of course, let's wrap up there, Mort. Thank you to everyone who joined us today. Please give us a follow on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio, so please give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. I'm Brian Toporek, and until next time, I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I still love that Z.